Hey guys, Will here, and this is Stories with uh, Mr. Stories. And today we're sitting down and talking to Jake. Uh, he is sort of the organizational side of Milwaukee Barbell. Um, and if you don't know what Milwaukee Barbell is, it's a small club um, based here in Wisconsin. And uh, if you haven't heard their name, you might have seen their logo. Um, it's pretty uh it's the dude squatting with the good handlebar mustache um if you don't know what i'm talking about please go on instagram if you're not driving and uh check out mke barbell um and you'll see what i'm talking about but um jake has done a really good job over the past few years of gaining a lot of recognition for a club that's pretty small and uh doesn't really produce um, a ton of athletes, but has one of the better communities that I've uh, seen and have been fortunate to be even close to being a part of. So uh, this is a good chat with Jake, and we go into how he was able to, along with the club, create a really cool culture, um, and we just talk about that and uh, we also talk a little bit about worlds and some of the experiences there um and just kind of life in general so i really hope you enjoy um and yeah here 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 it is i guess we'll get get going sounds good um so this is uh this is jake um and how do you pronounce your last name again dercy okay i couldn't remember if it was dercy or dercy stupid french pronunciations i go i go i i respond to a lot of things though okay but i've noticed that your like facebook um and stuff like that's jacob arthur Mm -hmm. is is that like your that's my middle name yeah oh okay yeah i don't i don't know why i ever did that but uh it's a little harder to find me on there but it's a good strong name jacob arthur it's my grandpa's uh it's my grandpa's name oh no kidding yeah that's cool um so uh Jake, I don't know if folks will really know who or what you who you are, what you do. So, um, really quick, like uh, the elevator pitch. Who are you? Oh, the elevator pitch. Um, so, my name is Jake Dursey. I um, run the operational side of Milwaukee Barbell. Um, so, if it's not coaching and it's not programming, it's probably me in the background. Um, I've been doing it since 2018 took over the operational keys from the guy who owns the club uh, and the business. And uh, Nate and I have been kind of running it since then. And it's been been fun. Um, I've lifted from Milwaukee Barbell since 2015. Uh, very mediocre weightlifter. Currently um, babying some injuries and trying to survive with three children. So <laughs> that's the uh, the short elevator speech, I suppose. With a, with a very new addition. like Yes. Yes, just that one over is. Over a month. Yep, just over a month, and he is growing like a weed. Uh, very different than our first two. So we have twin boys that are. What are they now? A little over, little over two now, and then the new one is just over a month. The twins were a totally different animal than this one. They were, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're just they're, they're a different animal, and this one was. Um, uh, well, long story short, my wife had a crash C-section for the twins because the twins were in trouble. And this time around, it was more my wife. So very interesting um, delivery process, but everybody's good. 
everybody's healthy. The twins are spitting vinegar. I sent you a video this morning and uh, yeah, that's pretty much every morning they get a little sip of coffee and then they go destroy my house, but uh, it's fun. And I don't know if I can adequately describe how cute this was of watching the two boys sip coffee. It was fantastic. And Jake's not irresponsible, by the way. It was like a tiny sip, but it was still great. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, yeah, I hope not. I guess we'll have to find out. They'll, I think they'll turn out fine. They're, they're still uh, <laughs> spitting vinegar. And regardless of what I feed them or what I give them, they're still going to destroy the house. And they have lots of fun. So. Oh, that's good. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to talk to you because for a lot of uh, my sort of like logistical sides of things, I tend to lean pretty heavily on you because you're very good at um, just creating systems that make sense, um, but also just making it uh, making it really easy for people to latch on to um, what you're doing. Um, and I say that because Milwaukee Barbell is a pretty small club. Uh, how many athletes do you guys have? Um, we probably have around 30 athletes. And uh, the ones that compete, the list is quite a bit shorter, but somewhere around 30 right now. And for for such a small club, you're so recognizable, um, both nationally and, um, I mean, internationally, right? Um, I remember at the training hall, I was wearing, at training hall in Worlds, um, I was wearing a Milwaukee barbell shirt when I uh, met Ehab and he got all excited because he saw the the mustache guy. Um, and so I was just, I, I mean, I really want to know one, how you were able to, because uh, I mean, a lot of this was, uh, I know that the, the mustache guy wasn't like your brainchild, but you've been able to uh kind of grow that logo and like that the sort of personality of Milwaukee barbell so that it's pretty recognizable um and for a club that i mean nate's uh been on the international stage um but other than that i mean just at national meets and um local meets but still just super uh like everyone they see the shirt either they know what Milwaukee barbell is, or that's so cool that they go and start looking at you guys. Um, so I guess, how have you been able to do that? How have you been able to make this um, pretty small and fantastic, like one of my favorite gyms, clubs in Wisconsin, be something that's so easily recognizable? Well, first of all, thank you. I mean, it that's a, it's a super loaded question. Um, I kind of have to take it back a couple of steps to, to kind of where we were when we took over, Nate and I. Um, so back in 2018, we'd moved into the gym that we're in now, um, but a different space within the gym. And we moved with Bruce City CrossFit, who we've been with since 2013. So we just operate within their business, and we've been doing that since 2013, basically. Um, and when Nate and I took over, it was we were down to like – five, six, seven active members. It was a very small club, very little equipment, very little culture, I'd say. We kind of lost ourselves in the move. And um, Nate and I really focused in on coaching, programming, and then a quality atmosphere. At that time, I was at the club all the time. Nate was at the club all the time. And this was just before him and Jesse got married. So it was really just us. And then some of the older members, somebody like Rolo, 
um, hanging around and we started to kind of um, focus on the culture of uh, and, and who we were as a club, focused on everything in person. And at the time, we didn't do any merchandise. We kind of just paused everything else and just said, let's just get everything here um, rolling. And um, that's kind of what we did. And we, you know, we found Logan and and we somehow managed to hook Logan in from a CrossFit gym elsewhere and, and brought him into the club. And he was the first step of another competitive, fun athlete. Jake Mason came on, Logan's brother. Um, <clears throat> and over over the years, we've kind of grown in that sense just organically. People like Dimple, Jess, Jesse, Carrie, uh, Neary, and um, uh, Angie came back. Uh, just kind of focusing on the in-person portion of the club. And as we kind of developed, we started looking at different ways to potentially make money for the business from the branding side, because we knew we had a great brand that was put together by Murph back in the day. Um, shout out to Andy, who was the graphic designer on every single piece of Milwaukee Barbell merchandise, pretty much, um, who we brought back for this one. Um, and we kind of started looking at the, the start of this year, kind of started looking at growing the branding side of things. Um, I don't know squat about social media, so I've leaned heavily on you for different ways to kind of grow our social media. We are a small club, um, so recognition um, from a club standpoint, we have only have a handful of international or, or national level lifters. Um, Nate was on the international stage when he was a, a junior, and um, you know, he's going to get back there eventually. Um, but we really focused in on um, the portion of the business of growing the brand, brand awareness, brand recognition. So getting more consistent about posting things as of earlier this year. Um, and then bringing you in was really important for us. I think that was a great step from our, from like bringing up the quality of our, of our photography, bringing up the quality of the content that we put out, starting to bring in, um, you know, use, use content from professional photographer, you particularly, because you capture our brand in a, in a way that just, um, it makes people be able to kind of feel the brand without being there and without having visited. And there's a very blue collar, um, industrial manufacturing style feel, which is very Milwaukee, frankly, um, within the gym. And I think you capture that perfectly. So, um, you know, bringing you in has been a big step for us because we can use that. We can develop our brand further. We can um, have consistent quality content. So when we post that on social media, that's um, recognizable and it's high quality. So you have the social media side of things. Um, we started merchandise again as of the start of this year. And the idea was whatever we make on merchandise, we reinvest back into the business. And that could be by way of additional inventory. That could be by way of equipment. That could be by um, just different, different functions that will help us grow the business. And this year, the focus was equipment in particular. And we're going to continue that because we have grown from seven, eight members back in 2018 to 30 and you need equipment for that. You need equipment for all those people. And we had, frankly, the last time we as a club had purchased equipment was 2015, 2016. So we had a bunch of old Penley gear. And that stuff was great. But when you're beating the crap out of it on a daily basis, um, it eventually is going to die out. It's just the nature of equipment. So um, I guess a long-winded way is saying, um, you know, one, put together higher quality content. Um, two, start our merchandising again. Um, selling merchandise has been a really fantastic thing for us because uh, people love the brand, people love the logo, and people love the ethos behind what they're supporting. People like to know where their money's going, and we love to be able to, you know, confidently say 
when you support Marky Barbell, you're putting money you know, into the business that then puts equipment on the floor for these for these athletes. Um, it allows us to get additional merchandise and buy inventory and develop cooler things, try new things, and that's kind of what we're inching towards. So it, there's two different sides to the business, really. It's it's one, the in-person, the coaching, the, the team that you see, and the second side of the business is e-commerce. It's a brand um, that people just like and recognize, um, and we're really blessed for that. It's It's been really cool. Um, I think one of the coolest things is to see people on the street wearing Milwaukee Barbell stuff that you don't even know. You're like, wait a minute, who are you, and how do you have Milwaukee Barbell gear? That's so freaking cool. Um there's somebody, somebody from Next Level texted or messaged me on Instagram and, and sent me a picture. And it was some random person I'd never met before wearing a Milwaukee Barbell sweatshirt in the airport in, I think it was Dallas, Texas. And I'm like, huh, that's really cool. That's really fun. That's so, yeah. So yeah. So just trying to continue to grow the business, um, continue to try to grow the club. You know, we want to send more people to more national meets. Um, as time goes by, I'd like to figure out something to do from a athlete support standpoint, um, you know, helping us make financial decisions a little bit easier on athletes because it's expensive to go to meets. Um, and, you know, that's a goal at some point in the future, but we also have other business decisions to make. And um, it's probably not in the short term. It's probably a couple of years out yet, but figuring out ways to do that, um, but continue to re reinvest back into the business is huge. Yeah. Um, and that's something I really appreciate about, um, uh, you guys and something that I, I mean, you've told me about this since I started, um, shooting for you, which thank you, by the way, for, that was really nice. Um, but, uh, to your main focus when it came to, um, creating your brand and stuff was always to put it back into the club. Um, and that really shines through, uh, I mean, just since, uh, I've been going, I've been trying to get to Milwaukee like once a month ish to come train and hang out with you guys. Um, and just to see how it's progressed, um, over the course of even this past year of getting new rogue plates and some neon stuff, um, make a couple new bars, yep. um, and stuff like that. It's just really cool. And, um, and every time I go in, there's new people in, uh, there's new folks, um, and one thing I think is really interesting is we've been talking about this quite a bit is uh, Milwaukee Barbell is kind of um, a uh, anomaly where most of the members are male mm -hmm. or, or men. Um, and I don't know if my perception skewed because I'm uh, like my team's mostly women and stuff like that. But um, and one thing that we're talking about is like how to grow that side of things and how to be more inclusive. And, um, so yeah, I just really, I commend you guys on everything you're doing. So it's really cool. And, um, I think it's really important for, uh, clubs to recognize that it's all about for, if I think it's all about getting, giving back to the athletes and, um, just making it more of a fun place to train. Um, and that's something I think, I mean, I love going to Milwaukee and hanging out with you guys. It's always fun. I've never had a bad time there. I've never heard of anyone having a bad time there. It just, it's great. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's so fun. I, I think, um, I think one of the most important things for, for any club is just the people. 
and a focus on the people in the community. Cause if you look around at the sport, you know, every time I leave a meet, if I, you know, if it was nationals and back in July or a local meet, it's just like, there are so many cool people here. So many awesome people that just love the sport of weightlifting and it kind of leaves everything else in the world aside. And you're like, this is just a sport that we all enjoy. Um, building that community has been really fun um, in different in different ways, building that community at our gym and and developing the ladies team. It's been really fun to see, um, you know, seeing leaders step out where you have people, uh, people like Dimple, people like Jess, people like Carrie, Jesse. There's so many different people and Mary too. There, there's so many people that um, they love spending time together, which I think is the cool thing where they actually go out and they hang out outside of the gym, which it just, you know, kind of looks back to the, I don't know. It looks back to the community. It's like these people actually really enjoy each other and they go and have a good time in the gym and they go out and have a good time without having drinks or whatever it is and building all that um, camaraderie within the team is just, it's been really cool to see. So, and, and I think some of it happens organically and some of it happens, most of it happens organically. It's hard to do it on purpose. So yeah. it's cool. And we always enjoy having you and I'm enjoying, I'm looking forward to having you in a, what, a week and a half now. Yeah. Come down and uh, come down and train. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. I've really in um, Stu seeing Stu's work from um, back in October is really cool too. Just seeing that through um, a different lens, but I'm sorry. I was just thinking about community and how like, having Stu there too. And just kind of, I know that he said it was one of the best experiences he's had at a uh, gym too. And that a local meet. And so it just, you guys are doing great. I'm going to stop harping on it. Cause it's probably not really annoying. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, your, uh, your journey into coming into this role. Um, you said that you started lifting from Milwaukee barbell in 2015. Um, and then it kind of fell into your lap in 2018 uh how uh, your and nate's lap i suppose but um how was that uh transition from just being a member to becoming someone who's um sort of now in charge of making sure it stays alive it was a bit of an eye-opening experience i think um as we moved you know we moved a couple different times but we moved from our florida street location um to a mall. We moved into Grand Avenue Mall in Milwaukee, which doesn't, I don't think it exists anymore, but we moved into what was an old office depot. And it, it was very difficult to have a culture in that gym. Um, we dropped on pound pads. It was like a hundred degrees all summer long. It was a brutal change of pace for us. And I think the core group of weightlifters, the people who were really bought in, um, that were just going to be along for the ride, no matter what, they, we ended up having a blast, you know, we turned it into, turned it into a really fun environment. Um, but we kind of lost some of our culture as we moved and we moved once more into this new space and we had four platforms and we had just kind of trying to find ourselves again. And, um, Nate and I kind of looked at each other and, and thought, Hey, we really want to be able to take the, the reins and start to do some things, um, differently, I guess, you know, Nate was already co doing a little bit of coaching at that point, doing some programming. And so, um, you know, we talked to Murph and, and it, it worked out well for us to take over. And so it was an eye-opening experience from an operational standpoint to understand, okay, where, where does, how does everything flow? You know, how do we get people, how do we get members here? How do we support ourselves? Um, 
what is our what does programming look like what's the structure of programming what's the goal um you know just trying to create the culture again i think was a big thing for us um then understanding like how do we run a meet again because we hadn't run a meet we st we didn't run a meet while we were in the mall um and then we wanted to run a meet again because we'd have always we pretty much always run at least a meet a year you know bruce city open has kind of been the, the anchor for us this last year was number seven um which is crazy to think about so we've run seven meets in eight years of operating um trying to figure out how to run a meet because that was another way that we could feed back into ourselves and kind of support ourselves um it was just it was an eye-opening experience just from a lot of different ways because there was a website to run there was social media to run and i'm like i don't know how to do social media what is Inst you know, how, does, how do i work instagram what's a hashtag i'm like i, I I honestly was flying blind for a while. So, you know, if you scroll way back in the content, it's just crappy iPhone footage. Um, you know, it was really fun to have you in. And this was when you were still, um, you, this was before Barbell Stories. This is just you and a camera, like back, back in like November or something of 2018. And that was yeah. the first time where we, you know, started to understand a little bit more about what good content looks like um, and fun content and kind of, I don't know. That's kind of when you and I started hanging out and, and chatting and um, just figuring out different ways to grow the club at that point, figuring out social media, figuring out um, the website, figuring out, you know, kind of going and backtracking and understanding what um, what we did from a recruitment standpoint, what we did from responding to inquiries. You know, people are like, oh, I've never done weightlifting. How do I do this? And we're like, uh and eventually we came up with the idea. I think it was probably Nate that came up with the idea of a fundamentals class. Um, so we started running those on Sundays and now we run them twice a day on Sundays and on Thursdays, which is this great intro class for people to be able from like, you know, people who don't ever have never lifted weights before or people who are CrossFitters just looking to get a little bit more of a, a lower barrier, barrier to entry to the sport. You know, that that class has been a fantastic bridge for us because I think it's uncomfortable for people to come into a training hall. And if you're seeing Logan, you know, doing his back squat set of five at 200 kilos or whatever ridiculous number he does, um, it can be it can be intimidating, intimidating. You know, if you're if you never lifted weights before and you see Logan and Eric and Jesse, I, I don't know, maybe that's intimidating. I think it is. And so having this fundamentals class was really a big bridge for us. Um, Fast forward to 2019, and we got some news that we were going to be expanding and that Bruce City CrossFit was going to be opening up this space next door. And we're like, oh, okay, well, we'll believe it when, I, when we see it. It sounded too good to be true. And all of a sudden we have, what do we start with? I think we started with six platforms, and then we somehow managed to negotiate two more. Um, but now we're in that space, and that kind of opened us up to be able to do more things on our own and you know, 2019 was a year of, of growth for us. 2020 was an interesting one because of COVID, you know, basically closed down for a handful of months, came back and then, you know, kind of fast forward. And here we are, we, you know, we did a USAW level one for the first time in years this year, we had another meet. Um, now we're up to eight platforms and tons of members. And yeah, it's been, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. Um, I think the biggest thing, like I said, operational, figuring out how things work, how to get social media to work to our advantage, how to be authentic. Because at the end of the day, I don't, I don't want to put anything out that's fake, that's not us. I don't want to put out clickbait. I don't want to get into a space that's not for us. 
Um, you know, as much as I would love to get into like more instructional videos on weightlifting, I think that space is saturated. I think Catalyst Athletics is where I turn everybody. Greg does a fantastic job of explaining things and he has the best free repository of weightlifting information as far as training stuff goes on the internet. So I don't, you know, I, I don't have a interest in inching towards that. I, I want to continue to show the club, the people, you know, the branding. And I try to, you know, have a good mix of that. And some days I have too much merchandise and some days I have too much satirical, you know, funny content. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of winging it, honestly. Um, but I hope it comes across as authentic because it really is truly who we are as a brand. Um, you know, have a lot of fun, work hard, play hard. And um, yeah, <laughs> I'm always open to feedback. I, I like yeah. I like hearing what people have to say and I take it seriously. When I do those polls, I honestly, I take them very seriously and they weigh heavily on decisions that I make. Sometimes I just don't know. Yeah. I frankly, don't know. In reaching out to uh, the communities, a uh, great way to tackle that beast um, and just seeing what people actually want to um, see and get from you guys. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've, I'm not going to say it again because I've said it many times, but you guys are fantastic. Um, as a, I guess as a weightlifter yourself, and you said you're a mediocre one and that's where most of us are. Um, what, uh, what do you get excited about? Like what's, uh, because you are in the space so much, like you're having to run your social media for Milwaukee barbell, uh, make sure everything's taken care of there, running merchant, like all this stuff that we just talked about, right? What gets you excited, um, uh, for your own training or just to see in the weightlifting space? Oh man. Um, I guess for my own training right now, it looks way different. Um, I screwed up my shoulder back in like May. I fell out of a play set, which sounds really stupid, but injuries are usually very stupid. Um, yeah. Nice. <laughs> it collapsed on me, I swear. Um, so it looks a lot different right now. I just did my first pain-free snatch and like with the bar in six months. So, that's that gets me excited to be able to to do that again. Maybe to snatch, maybe to clean and jerk again. Um, I, I really enjoyed kind of the the slog of training, and probably way earlier this year, probably in like March, I was training in my garage alone most of the time, and with no heater. And in Wisconsin, it's really freaking cold. So like February, March. I mean, I liked that. It was kind of just fun. It was this, you know just a different environment, <clears throat> just kind of the, the day-to-day -day grind of training. I like that, but then I also like peak days and, you know, there's a big program, big day programmed, and you can kind of take advantage of the shape that you're in. Um, so like anyone, it's fun to PR, but I also really like the, the grind of training. Um, you know, in the sport, I look forward to the big meets for U.S. lifters because we, you know, we send – a handful of lifters to every national meet. We'll send a handful of lifters to the, to the Arnold. I was told, um, those are really fun because it's fun to see the progress of lifters. Um, you know, American open finals wasn't, I guess the greatest showing for all of us, but that was Joey's first American open finals in person. That was Dimple's first American open finals in person. Logan had done a handful. Um, and Nate had done a handful, you know, both Nate and Logan were knocking on the door of medals and that's huge. And um, I, I, I get really excited for those guys and gals. I get excited for somebody like Dimple who, 
you know, keeps just making crazy progress from a, from a training standpoint. Um, and it's fun to see people, you know, excel and have fun and succeed. You know, it's really fun to see, um, see them take the platform and see all the training put in. Cause you know, some of what it, I know some of what it looks like. I know what some of that training is like, but I don't, you know, Logan trains multiple times a day, you know, two a days, multiple times a week, he lifts quite frequently. And, um, you know, it's fun to see them kind of take the platform and have that come to fruition in some way, shape or form. And then of course I like international meets. It's really fun to watch worlds. Worlds is probably my favorite to watch because you get to see usually not this year, but you get to see the gamut of the countries and you get to see all the top level lifters. Um, and I love worlds when they send good commentators. Those are, you know, those are always fantastic. You get somebody like Baffa or JP Nicoletta, Nicoletta on um, doing commentating. That's always fun because they always provide some different level of um, context behind the lifters a little bit more than you would know if you just looked at social media and results and things like that. So I guess there's, you know, there's a lot in the sport that gets me excited. Merchandise gets me excited, but. Yeah. Uh, who is uh, commentating for Worlds this year? I don't actually. I don't... I don't think there was anybody. So if you look, okay. I, I, so I, I didn't actively watch the live streams. I watched the recordings of the live streams because the times were all wacky most of the time. Yeah. Um, but I don't recall there being anybody from a, from a, an announcer. There was announcers, but there weren't um, commentators. Sure. So okay. Yeah. If, if you go back to something like um, Houston worlds, I think had it um, worlds typically have really good commentators. Olympics, not so much, but um, I remember Thailand, they had uh, Baffa and Waxman. Is that right? Because uh, Baffa and Waxman, and I think Nicoletta was there too. Yep. And then they do, and then they usually have a couple guys in the back who, um, I think it's Michael Choi and Canella that run around in the back and they they like feed them information, which is kind of cool because you can get the background information of who's missing warm up weights. And sometimes that means a lot and sometimes it means absolutely nothing. But right. um, it's cool to get that kind of context. That is good. Um, and back in, I mean, we, Wisconsin doesn't have a huge weightlifting scene. Um, we're one of the smaller, and it's hard to say smaller because, I mean, New England also, like, all those states have like nothing in terms of weightlifting. But um, for having such a like small presence, um, we were still able to host a uh, American Open Finals back in eighteen, mm-hmm. um, and you guys like Milwaukee Barbell helped out a lot with that, like sending volunteers and stuff. Um, what did that? Uh, what did that look like back then? Oh man! Um, so they did it at the convention center down in Milwaukee, and um, you know, we don't have super fancy facilities in this in this area. I don't, you know, not compared to giant luxurious hotels or anything like that. This was, you know, pretty industrialized convention center. And but, the training hall was like right behind the warm up platforms and it was so small. I think there was like yeah. five or six platforms back there. Yeah, it was, it was tiny. Phew. It was tiny. But, um, and I don't think that many people came because, you know, who wants to come to Milwaukee in December? Uh, most of the time it's really freaking cold. Um, us Wisconsinites probably wear like, you know, jeans and a t-shirt but most people would be wearing like a parka because cold um yeah. it, it was it was um 
<laughs> it was fun because they reached out to us as like the host club and we had no idea what that meant. Um, you know, basically people dropped in, which was great, you know, get, get a feel for our club. But at the time we had four platforms. And if you have ever been to an AO finals or a national meet, there are a boatload of people that come and I'm yeah. sure people flood because it depends on your training times and when people try to train around the time that they're going to lift all that kind of stuff. We had boatload of people drop in and there wasn't a big enough training hall. So you had four platforms and 15 people, which was, you know, it, it, you just make do with what you have. Um, from a volunteer standpoint, it was interesting because we had, there's three platforms and basically Wisconsin weightlifting was tasked with um, covering the loading for all the platforms. And that uh, fortunately we were able to do that. We covered one platform and then there was another club that covered another platform. So we, we had all three of the platforms covered in some way, shape or form. But for us, I mean, there's, oh, you have to think about how many sessions there would be. I don't know, call it 15, maybe 20 sessions total on a platform. So that's, Two, they, they had two to four people loading on any given session because loading can get really tiring depending on if you're loading, you know, for a super men's super class could get really, really tough. Um, yeah, so we had people volunteer from the gym, which was really nice. And Rogue hooked us up with, a, you know, a gift card as a thank you. And we were able to buy some equipment. And then we got the big banner, which was really fun as well. Yeah. I really hope they run another American Hope and Finals in Wisconsin. I'll take Chicago too, because that'd be an easy drive. But um, yeah. it'd be it'd be fun to have that again. Um, we're just such a small market. I mean, it's probably very inexpensive to have it here, but it's not exactly you know a destination. I'd rather I think I'd rather go to Denver, Colorado, and you know go skiing and snowboarding and whatever else. But um, I hope they have it here again. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, it would be good. I selfishly would really like if it was Madison. Oh man. You know, we have the CrossFit games in Madison and uh, that's fun. Honestly, uh, I volunteer for that every time it comes around. Cause they give you a lot of free, cool, st uh, cool free stuff. And there's so always fun much free there. shit. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Shoes, shirts, hats, whatever. And then you just get to troll around and like, you see a bunch of people, you know, like Klokov, yeah. Klokov was there which was pretty yeah. funny because when I saw him, I looked at him and I looked at like the four Russian mafia bodyguards he had with him. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's Klokov. You've killed somebody. You've killed somebody. You can cut, <laughs> you, you can, you can cut that part out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was really, it was really cool to see, um, you know, see him there. But yeah, I, I mean, hey, I'll take it. If it's within driving distance of Wisconsin, I will take it. Yeah. And actually Klokov, so uh, the Monday after the games, um, I went to go just train at uh, Twisted Fitness, where I train here in Madison. It's like a yep. five-minute drive away from my house. Um, and I was just getting done with my session. I look over, and Klokov's over in the corner doing muscle-ups and like, oh lord, uh, what the hell is it? Uh, handstand push-ups, just by himself in his little corner. And I was just, what the, what is, what yeah. is happening right now? Yeah, it's that it's guy. So bananas. Yeah, he is uh, a brick shit house. Oh my God. Yeah. He's super nice. He took a picture with me. He's super nice. But uh, yeah, Brick Shit House. Very cool to see him in person because if you look back and you're a fan of like, you know, 2010, if you're a fan of any weightlifting, I think you probably know who Klokov is. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Those Russians, man. So, how was your world trip? What was the, I know, I know I kind of messaged you at one point and said, what was, you know, the, the highlight of the world's trip? And I'll give you I'll give you a softball and say what were your like your three top like favorite things just so you don't have to pick one favorite one. 
Okay, I really appreciate that because uh, one is hard. I think, uh, I mean, anytime uh, I, when uh, the Catalyst crew showed up, my just outlook on life greatly increased. Um, it was fun uh, with everyone else, but uh, I mean, those are my friends. And uh, and so that like just anytime I was able to hang out with them um, is it takes the top spot. Um, and then the first day I went, so like the, I got there on uh Tuesday night at like 2am. And then I had that whole fiasco with trying to get into the country that lasted till like 4am. So that Wednesday, I didn't go to the training hall at all. I didn't go to see any of the competition. I just took a day to, I slept most of the day, um, which I know I wasn't supposed to, cause it was going to mess up my jet lag, but I was so, I was so gone. <laughs> Um, uh, but the first session I went to, um, was the, uh, was at the training hall on Thursday morning and I met the, um, British weightlifting folks. Um, and I met Stu who is like, uh, I think it's our version of, well, I'm sorry. It's their version of Mike Atone. Um, he's like 30 something. He's just super young. Um, really nice dude who just works his ass off. Um, and then Dave, who's like the, um, I guess you would call him like the head coach of British weightlifting. Um, but then Sarah, who I'd met before, um, but then just a couple of their lifters and just getting to meet international folks and uh, becomes friends with them was really cool. Um, so that definitely ranks up there. Um, and third, probably just uh, I, I was able to be uh, hang out with Seb um quite a bit more um and uh, he he's he's a really good dude um and it's just it was really it was really great for me to see weightlifting through his perspective um as someone who follows it um and is like so involved with the numbers and everything um and just understanding how the sport works on a entirely different level than I do. Cause I'm an artist. Like I don't really, I, I mean, I, I, I love the sport. I'm a huge fan of the sport. I'm in the sport, but like my sort of, my passion is making things look very pretty. Like I want to make things look really nice. Um, and for Seb, he's talking about why it's so impressive. And that's just like something I, I understand, but like, I don't have a huge appreciation for like huge weights lifted. Like I, that makes me sound like an idiot, but whatever, that's just the way it is. I care more about, um, relationships and like making things look really cool. So getting to, uh, know Seb more and like understand his view of things, um, and see how he sees weightlifting was also really cool. So I think those would be top three also i have your sweatshirt and uh oh, sweatpants. yeah i owe you money for that thank you um yeah of course well yeah i, I think that kind of goes back to the whole community thing like the weightlifting community is just so freaking cool i mean i'm sure it's you're walking around the, the training hall and everybody's fairly nice i mean you know it's easier when there's no language barrier but um you know it's cool to hear that there's just a community across the pond um literally and uh yeah, yeah. and and yeah i think it's interesting because i think on a I think it was you talking with Seb, you, you kind of like alluded to like you or Seb alluded to you not being that like interested in like not necessarily in Lasha's lifting. 
Yeah. Not, 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 not in the literal sense of like, Oh, that's not impressive. Cause I think, you know, you, you know, it is, but like that you don't go into a training hall and gravitate towards Lasha. You go in the training hall and gravitate towards Jules and whoever else the people are that you know, and you start to like go and look at the story that you can tell with that. And I think that's just a different perspective because somebody like Seb, somebody, you know, like me, I'd probably be like, Oh, there's Lasha. There's, you know, the Armenian team, you know, you start, Looking, listing off all the names of people and all the numbers that they've hit, and you you know what's a big number for them and what's not. Meanwhile, you're telling the story about these people who, are, in reality, these are people, and they all have a story behind their lifting. They have a story of how they got there. You know, somebody like Laura has a story, you know, of being able to come to this meet and lift on the lift on the stage, and and you kind of see that that perspective. And I think that's just cool because, um you can see the numbers. Those are things that anybody can kind of see, but not everybody can see the, the perspective and the stories. And so that's why I've always kind of latched onto the style that you've had since the start is because you kind of do something that nobody else does. You know, somebody can take training hall footage and, um, you know, Gregor and Nat do a fantastic job and, and Seb's starting to do a great job of, of all that training hall footage and capturing the lifts. But like you're, you're telling the stories you're really seeing the individual for who they are, the ups and the downs. And, you know, we see the front made lift and you see the made lift and then everything that goes into it and the celebration or the, you know, the despair after bombing out, you know, you see that. So I, I think that's, that perspective is really cool. And there's places for that. There's places for both things. And I think you have yourself set up in a very cool niche. And I think that's why you continue to blow up. Thanks, man. Um, I appreciate that. But yeah, and what was really cool about the training hall that, um, but the most media heavy sessions were, so the training hall was set up that like countries had to go at specific times. It was on like a rotating schedule. Um, but when Team USA was there, which I was able to, like I was the person for, uh, Canada was there, Qatar was there, and Georgia was there along with uh oh shoot is it the netherlands is it en enzo uh, enzo yeah yeah that's also there. Yep. okay yeah so all of those countries were in the training hall at the same time and it was just like they were begging for a media presence to be at that particular mm -hmm. um session it was i mean the other countries and other sessions were also fun like they had put gb with venezuela Mm -hmm. um and colombia and egypt so those sessions were also really fun um but it was just really interesting to see like that the people that um honestly get the most media coverage were all um in the same training session so sure um, so so i saw you shot ehab at one point what what's yeah. the story behind that i mean because you could you probably could have shot multiple people but like how did that kind of come about shooting that it was a, a clean shot of of Ehab, a clean sequence or video? Um, honestly, he, I had never met him before. Um, and so I walked into the training hall um, and I had my uh, backpack and I had my stupid Pelican rolly case or whatever. Um, and I walk in and I don't have a camera on or anything, but Ehab like looks at me, smiles, and then he like pulls this, uh, I haven't, uh, it's like this Egyptian cat, um, like little statue. And he just like, this is for you and i was like that's cool oh what God, thank you i don't i i so i immediately like 
scavenged through my bag of like anything to because I was like blown away that just literally hi this is for you and I was like uh so I had uh Onyx had made um some Team USA like key ring things for um and they sent it to the Hawaii camp and I had a couple of those in my bag and then a couple stickers and I was like this is the best I got so here you go man um but watching that session was really interesting. So, um, the he was that was a clean and jerk specific um, session. Um, so I don't think he snatched it all. Uh, but this was a session where we were like, "Ooh, this world might not be great for him," because uh, he, I think he worked up to one sixty. It was either one sixty or one eighty. Um, and he cleaned it several times and he missed the jerk every time. Um, I think it was 160. He kept missing jerks at 160. It was either 160 or 180. It doesn't matter. At some number, he started missing jerks. Um, and I just wanted to, uh, I just noticed how he was just still going after it. Like he wanted to hit um, a bigger number. And so he eventually. Um, went up and wait and just did a really heavy clean um and that's the one that i recorded uh i also noticed that his shoe was taped which i found really interesting and i tried to point it out to seb and seb wasn't wearing glasses so he couldn't like see the tape so i had to like take a really zoomed in photo of it and then like seb look there's tape on this man's shoe and shoot the tape was literally holding shooting anyway so i just found that really interesting um and that's where that um clip came from uh because i mean that was just after missing so many freaking attempts uh and then after that he stripped the bar and the whole egyptian team so they weren't supposed to move like they had a very specific like place they were meant to be mm-hmm. um, and the whole team migrated to the other end of the training hall and uh he again worked up to i think it was 160 or 170 he cleaned it and then he jerked it and i think seb has video of this but his back foot his back foot lands his hip goes this way and his knee goes that way and it did not look pretty um so uh after that he just did some like strict presses and stuff um, and then I think if I remember right, uh, he competed like, I think it was three or four days after that. Um, and I believe he only made, like, he made like one or two snatches and then pulled out for clean and jerks. Yeah. Um, so th- that was the reason why I, um, shot that was because he was one, he was just really nice. And I, uh, I was just uh, blown away by it, but also just to see that uh grit of missing so many attempts um and still just trying to hit that heavy number um i mean a meso meso i never know how to pronounce his name is it i think think it's miso that's how like if i listen to the whatever gregor and nat talk about it they say miso okay uh miso also had something pretty similar to that happen um in the training hall where he would like work up to something sub 200 in the clean and jerk. Uh, he missed the clean. He clarked the clean a few times. Um, he would like duck under it and then spit himself out. 
uh, before being able to rack it and stuff. Um, so there was just quite a few instances of that. And it was really, I mean, Miso had a great, uh, he had a pretty good competition. I mean, I think he got silver all around. Um, but Ehab just didn't have a, didn't have a good time. Uh, so that was the, that was the reason behind that. Interesting. No, that's cool. I mean, cause normally you see, you know, you shoot pretty much exclusively U S lifters and then occasionally, you know, the, where, where are the other catalyst ladies from? There's another, there, there are two other ladies I think that lift for another country. Uh, so Amanda and Nadia compete for Canon and Ananda and then, um, uh, Lena lifts for Denmark. Okay. Okay. So yeah. three, three other ladies. Okay. Yeah. Cause you know, usually it's just the catalyst team and then any, any U S lifter. And so I'm not used to seeing you putting out content of, of other countries at this point. So that was interesting. I wanted to see what the story was. Yeah. Um, and I'm still, I'm only wanting to photograph and document folks who I'm pretty sure are clean. Um, because I really want to, I want to keep promoting clean sport because of all the issues that we're having. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of, that's where my, like tolerance level is mm -hmm. is like um so yeah that's pretty much the prerequisite um this is, and i'm uh, like i made a video for um emily who's the super from gb mm -hmm. that i'm posting today so um and i really like that about worlds i mean what i liked about uh rome too was being able to meet international lifters and get to hear their stories too um especially when there's no language barrier. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, I'm definitely wanting to expand a bit more and cover more international lifters. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, the only, the my like for sure cutoff is like, are you clean? And then I'll, but if I don't want to uh, promote lifters that are, um, who I think maybe not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough line. Um, yeah. you know, some, some are questionable at best and some are come from countries that are questionable from their historical, from a historical perspective, but no, that's really cool. I, I don't think you can miss on that. You know, you swing and you can't miss on that. It's going to be really cool. No matter who you talk to, um, you know, I think there's a lot of cool lifters out there who probably speak really good English. You know, fortunately it's a language that a lot of folks, speak in other countries and we're one of the few countries that doesn't teach a second language as a you know as something in elementary school um, yeah uh, so I, I think like i said you can't miss it's gonna be really cool no matter who you talk to um and you have so many cool friends within the sport and i'm just really excited that you have a patreon to begin with and that this is a thing you know these podcasts are a thing i think we talked about it a long time ago and i was like man you could talk to so many fun cool people and just kind of promote your business and what you do, but also kind of get out there and people can kind of hear from you because, you know, there's a, there's, um, I guess I kind of latch onto authentic people. And, um, that's kind of why we've always kind of clicked is just, there's a lot of authenticity in what you do and you sincerely care about the people that you're shooting for. And you're really looking to tell a fantastic story and put your best foot forward all the time. So it's really, you know, it's gonna be really cool. And I'm excited for you to continue to grow. I mean, I think, 
I don't know when it was. When did you tick over 10,000 followers on Instagram? Because we were talking, oh. we, we were talking about it and we we're like, this is the magical number. And I was like, it's going to happen like tomorrow, you know, and then all of a sudden, bam, you're wait, you know, skyrocket past it, which is just crazy because this is a small sport to begin with. Um, and you just blew right up. So that, I don't know. Thank you, man. I think that happened just after uh, Pan Ams. Uh, and what's funny is the, like, I really, I really only cared about hitting um, that number because that used to be like the link thing where mm -hmm. you could swipe up. Yeah. And that's not a thing anymore. So yeah. at, uh, I mean, it was a really fun milestone to hit. And I'm, I'm really thankful that uh, people are still liking what I'm doing. And, um, but yeah. No, you can't. No, you can't miss. I mean, like I said, there's no one else in the sport that does what you do. There's nobody else that tells the story that that way. There's a lot of folks that shoot amazing shots, but uh, there's a reason your barbell stories, um, <laughs> you know, catch quite a bit of that, which is which is really fun. So, when is Ray going to come to a weightlifting meet with you? Yeah. So um, that's a really good question. I don't know. Been a terrible um, segue. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so she, uh, she, she, oh man, I don't know. Cause we, she almost went to Florida with me when I competed, um, at the Pralium back in August. Uh, but something came up and she couldn't make it out. I reckon if there's any, the next Wisconsin meet most likely, um, and that's what makes me even more bummed that I couldn't be here for the Bruce city open uh because i think she would have gone to that for sure um but yeah i'm she's a she's not someone who's been um like in a weight room in a serious way um she's a runner right so um i don't know if she's gonna well i don't know if she's gonna listen to this so well um she gets a All little right. <laughs> if you're listening hi sorry for talking about you right now um she gets a little intimidated uh, by weightlifting, yeah. uh, which I totally understand. Um, so it's a little hard for her to uh, be comfy with um, seeing it, um, like in person and like meeting people. Uh, she went to Milwaukee Barbell and met Jess um, and Nate, Jesse and Nate. Uh, goodness me, that was a while back. Um, but yeah, hopefully goes, she'll go to a meet soon and see how cool and not intimidating it is. Cause, uh, you know, like we've just been talking about, it's just full of normal people who just like to bash their heads against the wall and, mm -hmm. uh, try to do yeah. things that the human body maybe wasn't designed for. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? So then, uh, well, well, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't try to plug, uh, somewhere in the October timeframe, we're going to shoot for Bruce city open eight. That's the, that's the goal. Um, we'll, we'll see, you know, if we can make that happen and get on a board. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you don't have to be a Wisconsin resident to compete in this meet, correct? No, no. Um, so we will usually we'll reach out to, um, Illinois, some of the, clubs that are in Illinois, Iowa, and Minnesota and invite them. This time around, it was poor timing on our end because we had um, like the Illinois State Championships was like the week after and Minnesota was like the week before. And it just, the timing didn't work out at all. I mean, we still filled up the roster and it was really fun. Um, regardless, we get a ton of Wisconsin lifters. We get 
a handful of lifters from Illinois. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully we can get a really, a really big meet. We usually cap it off at 70 cause we try to do one day meet cause we, you know, we only know so much of what we're doing and two days is just bonkers. Yep. And if you've ever tried to run a meet, it's exhausting. Uh, shout out to Martin who runs our meets as of late. Uh, the last two meets have been run by Martin and he runs a good ship, very tight ship. And, uh, yeah, more power to him. He loses a lot of sleep um, leading up to those meets. I don't, I don't envy that position. I ran one back. What was it Bruce City Open five? Um, I have very little hair left as it is. You know, it's hiding, but uh, <laughs> I would lose the rest of it probably if my kids don't make me lose the rest of my hair. I'd be running another weightlifting meet. Yeah, that's fair. And then, do you know if Wisconsin weightlifting's holding a meet anytime soon because i remember there used to be like at least two a year one that would coincide with like the badger state games Mm -hmm. um but then another um just state meet and i think the last state meet was like may of 2020 if i'm not mistaken yeah it was they held it at next level and that was like right in the middle of covid weird stuff yeah kind of yeah and it was I don't know if we shut down right after that or during that or something. I can't remember anymore because the whole year like meshed into one shitstorm. Yeah. But um, Tell me about yeah, it. I mean, I, I hope we can run two meets this year. Um, as far as like the state running two meets, we'll, we'll for sure try to run one. We try to run the Bruce City Open, and that's all we can really commit to. Um, yeah, I've got a day job outside of this, and, and Martin's got a day job outside of it, and it just it, it makes it difficult from a timing perspective and just a you know plates in the air priorities thing. Um, but I, I think somebody like next level will probably run what will turn out to be the state meet. They're usually really good about, um, you know, uh, volunteering the time and, and setting a, setting a date. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the new structures of the state level organization from USAW perspective. Um, you know, Nick Hansen is, is from next, next level and he'll be the, whatever the equivalent of the president is now. I honestly didn't pay oh, really? attention. Yeah. Yeah. So Charlie, Charlie, um, uh, I think somebody probably put his name in the hat for it. He declined the nomination. Uh, and so we all kind of put our names behind um, Nick. And so, you know, Nick will do a fantastic job. I just don't know what the structure looks like anymore. It'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting. I don't know what the changes really entail, but when you look at the job descriptions, it was reading like a full-time job. And I was like, Ugh nope <laughs> um so more power to him you know all all uh, it'll be nick and then the athlete rep is i think Brittany from next level so great people oh, nice. you know we have we have good relationships with all the clubs in the area um and nick is one of the closest ones he always helps us out with scales and so like i said be very interesting to see who how that works out i have no idea what it's going to look like you know um in the past wisconsin has had a and um, it was under under Charlie, there was like a stipend system where basically if you went to a national meet, you got, don't quote me or quote me, $200 for a national meet. So that basically paid your way from a registration standpoint. And then, so if it was nationals or AO finals, you could get that series or like the AO series, I think you got $100. Um, and then international meets, I think you got like 400 or something. So as being part of like Wisconsin's weightlifting, it gave you access to that stipend system. So somebody like Nate or Jesse or Logan, whoever, um, you know, they could go to a meet and it would take down some of the financial burden to go to these meets. You know, it's a lot easier to go to a meet, you know, 
if you fly to a meet and you stay in an Airbnb and you pay your registration, you might be five, six thousand bucks. It depends on where you're going. And that just kind of helps from a financial perspective because Wisconsin weightlifting had a bucket of money, I guess, that wasn't being spent on anything. Um, so it'll be really cool to see what it turns into. I was talking to somebody up in Canada and they said that their federation, I think it's British Columbia Federation or something, um, they provide all the scoring equipment and they provide all the equipment, like the, the lifting equipment for meets. And then the club gets to keep 80% of the proceeds and then the federation keeps 20%, which is interesting because, you know, it, that would probably be a way for smaller clubs to be able to hold a meet. Yeah. And Especially if they don't have to worry about equipment. That's like the biggest challenge. It's hard to get your hands on a comp set. You know, we, we yeah. got one over the course of time, but a comp set, you know, rogue makes it a lot more accessible now, but a comp set's a couple thousand dollars it before rogue had comp sets that were you know iwf certified you're spending four grand on an alico set for men's and women's bar and then all the plates you need which is yep. really cost prohibitive for a small club i mean uh, it's just an interesting um way to go about doing it um but i don't know we'll see how the wso or whatever they call it now uh, we'll see how those work out and you know i hope it works out in the favor of you know our clubs and We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really interested. So what you're saying is, is um, if we want to see weightlifting meets in Wisconsin, we have to badger Nick. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. So we're no, we're, we're now going to be, yeah. Whenever, whenever they announced that he got the nomination, which I know he did, um, whenever they announced that it's official, I'm just going to text him and say, okay, so I, I think I already put my plug in for October for the yeah. Bruce, the open eight. And that'll be a last chance qualifier for AO finals too, which is another nice. reason why we like that time frame. Yep. Um, yeah. So hopefully we can get some some big lifters. You know, some people from Illinois too. We got Mary Mary Tyson Lappin last time, and uh, I don't know how do you say her last name. I think, I've never I think actually it's Tyson Lappin. Oh, I've been butchering it this whole time. Sorry, Mary. Um, yeah, we got Mary to come down. That was fantastic um, for Bruce City Seven, Bruce City Open Seven. So yeah, shall see what we can do there, and hopefully we can get that meet. We'll see. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, I think we'll, uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. We had a, that was, that was a diverse and interesting conversation. Um, where can, uh, where can people find, uh, Milwaukee Barbell? Where can they find the really cool merch that you guys have and where can people find you? Sure. Well, so on Instagram, it's MKE Barbell because somebody's squatting on Milwaukee Barbell. Uh, so Are we don't serious? have that. Tech. Yeah. I've get tried to get the hell out of here. No, I don't know who it is. Honestly, I've tried to get it before and I can't. So we're MKE Barbell and that's what we are on Instagram. And I think we're Milwaukee Barbell on Facebook, but I don't I don't actively do much on Facebook. Um, my personal Instagram is Jake Dursey, but uh, nothing interesting there. Just funny videos of my kids and sometimes some very mediocre weightlifting. Yeah, I've tried to get it. I have no idea who has that. Get no. out of here, man. Sorry, I totally well, just... you know, if I switched it over, I mean, I, w I just want to get that so that we can redirect it to our page, but I don't think anybody really thinks that's us. So Yeah, true. And MKE is <laughs> a lot easier to spell than Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and what was the third question? Uh, the club. Oh, you can, find our, you can find our merchandise at MilwaukeeBarbell.com. Um, there it is. And we're going to drop, uh, you know, 
you're probably gonna post this later, but we're dropping some restock of this particular shirt later today. Oh yeah, yeah, I will be. I think uh, I'm gonna post this like the first week of January, just before I go out for um to see you guys January seventh. So yes, I think sir. I'll put this out like the sixth or maybe the seventh. Sweet. Don't know. No, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to having you. I'm gonna actually be down at the club is the goal because um, right now it's just been a zoo. So, yeah. but yeah, that should be fun. Um, looking forward to having you and thanks for having me on. I've never been on a podcast before. If you haven't noticed, I'm a really big rambler and I still have imposter syndrome. I feel like I shouldn't be here because I don't feel like I'm that interesting. Shut the hell up. It's been a <laughs> lot of fun. And I didn't realize you've never been on a podcast before. So no, you're my first one. Glad to have you. This has been fun. Yeah. Thanks. Well, appreciate it. <laughs> of course, man. Thank you. We'll catch you later. Sounds good, bro.